This is a gospel. Uh, this is a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter five, seventeen through thirty-seven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does teach them, does them and teaches them, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was, heard that it was said that of those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, or some translations say, you idiot, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge guard and you will be thrown in, into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart or in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely. But again, sorry, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, except by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
Will you join with me in prayer? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. Uh, for those of you who haven't met me, my name is Reverend Ari Douglas, they, them pronouns. You can call me Pastor Ari or just Ari. Uh, it is a pleasure to be with you this morning. Today we're going to venture a bit more into some of the things that are important to me theologically. Um, and I hope that more importantly we dig into some things that I think might be important or at least uh, helpful for you also. There's a joke that goes, if you're going to church, that going to church uh, makes you a Christian, then going into garage makes you a Buick. Or in other words, going to church, worshiping on Sunday, being part of this community on Sundays, these are important things to do. But it's not all that there is to being a Christian. We need to see ways of turning our lives into living worship. For those of you who read my introduction letter on Thursday, uh, or this morning, or maybe you'll read it later, uh, you may have learned that if you, uh, learned if you weren't familiar that um, Celtic Christianity is rather important to me. It's an important aspect of my life. One of the important aspects of Celtic Christianity is that it sees time not as linear, but as circular, which points to the idea that Jesus, Mary, Joseph, the saints of the church are living still among us. That there is both a cloud of witnesses uh, that help to encourage us in our daily lives, and that we can see those important figures from history and faith within our lives today. This concept encourages the idea that our whole lives, <clears throat> our whole lives can be used in worship. The early Celtic Christians gave imagery of Mary as a milkmaid or uh, the disciples fixing their nets alongside of uh, others who were fixing their nets uh, off of the uh, Sea of Ireland <laughs> or where, wherever they might have been. Even today, in our busy lives there, um, that are caught up with modern concerns, we can see figures of our faith next to us, hard at work as well. Now, I'm not saying that you need to uh, believe that saints are doing this or that you must imagine faith, the figures of faith with you. Uh, what I am saying is that if it's helpful for you, helpful for you to live your life in community uh, with others and being in right relationship with God to view the saints in that way, there's really no harm to it. The scripture for this morning comes from the Sermon on the Mount. What I find interesting is that the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount is not included. We get just a, well, what we Theologians like to call a pericope, a focus scripture. Something I have done in previous congregations, and I'll probably drag you all through it at some point too, um, is reading the whole of the Sermon on, uh, on the Mount or the whole of the Sermon on the Plains 
because I think it's really important to hear Jesus in, in, in his entirety, to hear his whole sermon. And this is, this is one of his few sermons that he, that he gave. Um, some of it's long, some of it's confusing, but I think it's worth hearing. What is included is that living in community is important. And that if one is going to be in right, in a right relationship with God, one needs to be in right relationship with others, with one's neighbors, those who are struggling right next to you and who are trying to help you also. So what's being skipped? Now, words about retaliation are skipped. Words about love are being skipped. And the encouragement to be perfect as your heavenly parent is perfect is skipped. That last part, given that we are Portsmouth Union Church, a Disciples of Christ and the United Methodist congregation, I feel is very important. It's important because John Wesley was known for preaching about living lives that sought Christian perfection. Suffice it to say that I think that the point is to live lives as close to the ideal of living in good relationship with each other and which brings us into good relationship with God. Jesus is essentially expressing lessons that are important to his Jewish faith. If one is going to try to make amends with God, then they must first make amends with their fellow human. If you want to seek reconciliation with God, then you must first seek rec reconciliation with other humans that you've wronged. Even if you don't think you're in the wrong before you try to seek reconciliation with God, try at least to have mended your relationship with others. Sometimes saying sorry, even if you don't think you've done anything wrong at all, will go miles in repairing a relationship. And all of this, all of this is how we worship God with our lives. All of these aspects within the scripture is about living in community and in right relationship with those around you. It's impossible to live in right relationship with someone that you're lusting after as that leads directly to objectifying them. Literally <clears throat> making them less than human. All humans, even those we don't like very much, have been given the face of the holy. So when we make <clears throat> excuse me. So when we make them less than human, we are robbing them of their divinity that God has placed them on. Placed on them. Divorce has to do with property. Essentially, humans creating, <clears throat> creating a new form of widowhood and endangering them. Jesus was speaking to a need for systemic change, for protections of the most vulnerable in their midst. We cannot live in community while harming that community. Oaths as well are important because of the community that we should seek to be in. Jesus is simply saying that your yes should be yes and your no should be no. And if you stand uh, say something, then stand up for what you say. If you say it, then mean it and stand by it. 
I'm going to verge into something a little dangerous. Uh, I think to speak. No, it's a slightly dangerous to speak about in churches. And that's uh, that's sex and sexuality. If our whole lives are intended for worship, then that means our intimate lives are as well. I'm certainly not going to preach against anything two consenting adults choose to do. What I am going to say is that consent, responsibility, and love are integral to those decisions. One of the things that the United Church of Christ, which is a partner both with the DOC and the UMC, does really well is a program called Our Whole Lives, which studies sexuality and faith going hand in hand. These things are not integrally different, but rather both are sacred in their own unique and wonderful ways. Our whole lives begins with kindergarten and goes into adulthood. Sometimes adults are, need the lessons more than the kids do on these things. Uh, even in our intimate lives, we can seek to worship God. And our whole lives encourages a healthy attitude toward such things. I'd like to circle back to divorce for a moment. Uh, there are many congregations of many varied denominations that have preached hurtful words towards those who have experienced divorce. There are many who, people who have joined congregations because they were told by one church or another that they could no longer be part of that community of faith due to what they had experienced. Ultimately, what Jesus is trying to communicate is that we are beloved children of God. And this is about equality. When we use these words from Jesus to harm others, we are doing damage in the here and now to people people who God loves deeply. Grace Pack in Abingdon Preaching Annual 2020 said, Worship includes all aspects of our lives outside of the sanctuary. The relationships we have, how we treat each other, and what we say and do express our faith in God. Thus, being worshipful out there inspires true worship in here. Within the Jewish faith, which I was a part of for a better part of a decade, and is still deeply important to me, there is a practice of saying 100 blessings a day to express profound appreciation for 100 separate things every day. This is in spirit, I believe, a form of finding ways of working throughout the day. I think adopting such a practice can be helpful, um, similar to seeing the saints among us. Ultimately, though, what is most important is saying blessings in how we act towards our fellow human, in seeing the divine in others. We can see the divine more clearly. That is how we take part in living worship. Amen.